and welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind, everybody. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. Joining us, like always, all the way from Arizona, we'll start with Shevin Nooney. How you doing today, Shevin? Doing good, man. How are you doing tonight? I'm pretty good. Also joining us, all the way from Canton, Ohio, Garrett Price. How are we, Garrett? Good. How you guys doing? Pretty good. Um, we'd like to also take a moment, I'm sure if you are a loyal follower of all three of our previous podcasts, uh, we do have some new artwork <laughs> and we also have some new awesome music. I want to thank the lovely Gretchen Gross. You can find her on Instagram at the Twisted Plot Co. She did our artwork. She did an amazing job. And I would also like to thank Laird CRTV. He did the music, which is just completely awesome. So um, he's Garrett, you said he's kind of all over social media platforms like Facebook and all that? Yeah, he's all over the place, um, but you can look him up on uh, Laird CRTV uh, on Facebook. Um, but he's has a multimedia company that he just does all kinds of different things for, a lot of different creative projects. Um, so he's, he's an impressive dude. So we want to thank uh, those two for helping us so we can come every week and help you guys win a championship. So we're going to start today with the news. Uh, today we found out that Bart Starr passed away at 85 years old. He played quarterback for the Green Bay Packers from 1956 to 1971. He won three consecutive championships from 1965 to 67, including Super Bowls one and two. He was also the Packers head coach from 1975 to 1983, where he compiled a 52-76 and three record, which is a .408 winning percentage played at Alabama and he was a 17th round draft pick in 1956 so don't let anybody says that later round picks don't mean anything um, they did also lose the 1960 NFL championship to the Philadelphia Eagles at Franklin Field in Philadelphia yeah hey it's the dynasty rewind I'm gonna throw the it guy just died come on well it was on the Wikipedia page so I put it on here <laughs> <laughs> no with all due respect to Mr. Starr you know he he did win a lot of games. He lost a lot of games, too. That's just how it goes when you're a collegiate and professional athlete. But uh, we thank him for his service to the NFL, both as a player as a head coach. Uh, moving on, Todd Gurley's knee. I think Garrett's going to be touching on that a little bit later, so we're not going to go too in-depth here. Um, it looks like it might be a little bit worse than we had expected, uh, which I guess would... Uh, Garrett, I can't remember right now off the top of my head. They drafted who in the third round of this year's draft? Uh, Daryl Henderson. Daryl Henderson. Okay, I wanted to say something else, and I can't even begin to explain why. So It's because um, you love Tony Pollard so much. You, you wanted to forget about the other guy. No, I, I do love Tony Pollard. I don't like his landing spot because I don't think he's going <laughs> to sniff the field, aside from maybe on special teams and the occasional gadget play. Um, you know, with Ezekiel Elliott there, he's – he rarely comes off the field unless he's watching a security guard fall down over a barrier. <laughs> Which did you guys did you guys see that video? <laughs> yeah, I saw it. Was that ridiculous or what? It's just, yeah, I mean, go go ahead, Chef. It's just Zeke being in the wrong place once again. I mean, it's scary for a fantasy owner like me. I have him in a couple leagues, so definitely scary to see him still being in situations like that but he did make it to his uh, kids football camp in Dallas the next day so I guess I mean how mad can you be at him I guess I don't know I mean I'll be honest why'd they even cuff him like that guy flopped so hard he could be in the NBA I mean he was I, I guess because he was inebriated is probably why they cuffed him if I had to guess yeah I mean that's what it looked like it's I think part of it is the NFL and and just everyone in general is at the point now where they're just kind of baiting uh, Zeke. And so the dude, you know, if, if you're talking Charger flop, the, uh, the security guard definitely flopped. Oh, he but did. Uh, uh, it, it's hard because on one side of it, you're like, you know what, Zeke, make, make better choices. You don't need to be uh, at a fair or carnival or festival or whatever it was, um, you know, at that late at night getting in stupid security guard's face. Um, but, at, but at the same time, uh, people are just getting really, really nitpicky trying to find excuses for him to um, be suspended or whatever. So it's it, it's a little bit on both sides. I would be fine if he got suspended as an Eagles fan, um, and I don't <laughs> own him anywhere. So suspend away. Hey, watch uh, your mouth. Aside from <laughs> – love you, Chef. Aside from that, uh, speaking of suspensions, Ben Watson has suspended the first four games of 2019 – 
Um, I guess Austin Safari and Jenkins takes a beautiful leap here, or maybe they trade for Kyle Rudolph. Um, whatever. Uh, Indomik and Sue signs with the Bucks, so they got rid of McCoy for Indomik and Sue. This really doesn't feel like a lateral move or an upgrade at all. He's kind of on the tail end of his career. Pac-Man Jones retired. He's definitely on the tail end of his career, but he hasn't been fantasy relevant in a number of years. Um, aside from that, Aaron Rodgers may be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, but he cannot chug a beer to save his life. Um, <laughs> my wife has actually challenged him to a beer chugging contest, and he did not agree to it because he said he was afraid of her. Um Aside from that, the one thing I do want to touch on is Donovan McNabb says he is a Hall of Famer, and I believe he has taken one too many shots to the head because I do not think he's a Hall of Famer. Yes, this is coming from an Eagles fan. Nobody cares that you had better stats than Troy Aikman. What we remember is the fact that you were selfish and you threw up in the Super Bowl. You never got it done, sir. You are not a Hall of Famer. You're a turd. So, um, Wow, I did not expect that to be the take from you. You know... I had a lot of high hopes for Donovan McNabb, and when you watch every snap that he plays in your favorite team's uniform and he smiles after making millions of dollars a year and throwing the ball into the dirt, you can't get behind a guy like that. Did he win a lot of games? Yeah, he won a lot of games, but a lot of mediocre players won a lot of games too. They never brought it home. I mean... You know, Nick Foles is less of a quarterback than Donovan McNabb, and right place, right time, good coaching, they won the Super Bowl. So, uh, but I wouldn't put Donovan McNabb in the Hall of Fame. I'd put Trent Dilfer in there before him. That guy's been through Ooh. a lot. Oh, <laughs> I, now, I, you know, I wouldn't go that far. Okay, I was going to say. I mean, Hot takes. Hot I don't. Takes. I don't necessarily think Donovan McNabb should be in either. I think he's in the Hall of Very Good, uh, but not the Hall of Fame. But, uh, but I don't know about Dilfer. Well, he's talking about better stats than Troy Aikman. Well, of course he's going to have better stats than Troy Aikman. Aikman handed the ball off to Emmitt Smith 30 times a game. They had a great defense. They had a great offensive line. He really didn't have to go out and win a ton of games for that team because they were so dominant. So it's – I really hate that comparison between him and Troy Aikman. Plus, slightly different era of football. You know, we're talking about – the Eagles playing in the West Coast, uh, they threw the ball a lot more than they should have with a quarterback like McNabb. But uh, whereas the Cowboys of that era generally ran the ball a lot, so that's all we have for the news today. We're now going to go to a price check with Garrett Price. Who do you have for us this week? So I have two players to uh, to look at their current uh, price tags. You kind of uh, mentioned the one earlier. Todd Gurley is one guy I want to look at. The other one is James Conner. We had a little bit of news come out today. Uh, about James Conner. The GM had a quote saying that uh, Benny Snell's looked really good. Uh, They're going to allow the bell cow to be whoever's playing well. Um, So it was it was kind of a interesting thing to come out of left field. Granted it's May. Um, Same thing with the stuff that's come out about Todd Gurley but we saw how he ended the season. Um, So here's what I want to say on their current price tags. I know both of the names are flashy names. And I know earlier in the year, if you were drafting in January or you're drafting in February, both these guys are locks for, I mean, Todd Gurley's a lock for top five. James Conner's probably getting inside the first round. Um, and if not, he's probably getting getting at the end of the first round, but or, uh, or at the beginning of the second round, I mean. So these are guys that had very high price tags. My personal philosophy when I'm drafting, so if you're looking at a startup dynasty draft right now, I'm not talking about trading, but if you're looking at a startup dynasty draft right now, or you're somebody that's listening to this, but you do like to play in a lot of redraft leagues, I am not touching Todd Gurley, and I'm not touching James Conner. It's not because I don't think they could hit those expectations. I'm not saying that they don't have ceilings, but my personal philosophy in the early rounds, I'm not taking that type of risk. People talk about it all the time. You can't win your fantasy league in the first round, but you can absolutely lose it. And that's what I see with these types of players. Now, if they're falling super late and everybody's doing the same thing, eventually, yes, there becomes a point where they become a value. If you're getting Todd Gurley at, you know, the tail end of the second round or beginning of the third round, 
sure, go ahead and buy. I'm not going to fault you for that. Or if you're getting a James Conner mid-fourth round or you know something like that, yes, there becomes a point where they become a value. I don't see that happening in many, if any, leagues. So here's the thing. Avoid them, not because I think they're terrible, not because I think they're bad players, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't take that risk in a startup or in a redraft league. Now, if you are already the owner of these players, don't freak out and panic sell right away. These guys are holds. Let's wait and see what happens and then sell when the value goes back up a little bit. Don't sell at the current moment. That's a good point. Um, I like the way you think there, Garrett. I wouldn't panic sell either, but I feel like a lot of people are doing that right now. Um, I haven't, obviously the news on Connor is really fresh or Benny Snell, I guess the news is more about. So there hasn't been a lot of reaction to him yet, but definitely the girly issue has been ongoing for a significant amount of time. So right. uh, thank you, Garrett. But today we're going to play a game called stud or dud. So I picked some guys that could kind of go either way this year. Um, bunch of quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers. So we're going to start with who we just talked about, but we're going to flip over to Shevin. Stutter dud this year, Chev. Todd Gurley. I'm probably going to say dud just because, like Gary said, I don't want to draft him early. Like uh, You're going to have to probably in your leagues. Uh, it's just a big question mark on him. They did draft a running back, so definitely somebody I'd want to stay away from. Yeah, I'm obviously in the same boat. I, I, I just touched on it, so I'm not going to uh, belabor the point, but I'm uh, I'm not taking taking an unnecessary risk if I don't have to. Yeah, I'm gonna third agree on that one too. Just because I mean, if I could get him in the fourth round of a redraft league, I'm definitely gonna oh, take sure. him there. But uh, I think in dynasty, I wouldn't take him again. All right, so Garrett, we're gonna start with you. My favorite player, you know why? Stutter Dud, Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook. Um, I'm gonna say stud. I think that you see his raw ability, and it's it's off the charts. He's faster on the field than people give him credit for. He actually had one of the faster times by a running back when they, they clocked them at their top speed. It was like 22 or 23 miles an hour. I don't remember what it was, but it was, it was something pretty impressive, especially for somebody that's been struggling with soft tissue injuries. So I think he's going to have a good season. I think they are going to spell him a little bit more than people would like. And so I do think you're going to see uh, some of the backups in there a little bit. But overall, I still think he's going to get you 15, 18, maybe on a good week, 20 touches a game. Uh, I think he's still going to be effective enough on those plays, and I think he's going to be refreshed. And the thing I love for Minnesota is they invested in that offensive line. They had two picks. Uh, I'm trying to remember if it was first and second round or if they had two in the first or whatever it was. They invested a lot of early round picks in offensive linemen, and that only means that there's a bigger commitment to making sure that they take care of not only Dalvin Cook but also their quarterback, Kirk Cousins. And so I expect big things for that offense this year. Chef? Yeah, for me, I'm going to say stud as well. I think uh, at the end of the season, you saw his touches get a little more uh, prevalent. He got more touches throughout the uh, end of that regular season. And I think what they want to do, they want to run the ball more. They don't want have to have Kirk Cousins throw the ball a bunch. I know they have good wide receivers out there, but I think they really want to control the ball and uh, kind of run it down your throat rather than uh, being the air it out uh, type of team. I'm going to be the voice of reason here and say he's going to be a dud. His fall from grace will be so fast that NASA will have to track it coming out of orbit. He can't stay healthy, and they did draft Alexander Madison. Did you like that, like what I said there? NASA that was would have nice. To yeah, I try to be a little poetic here. I don't want to just be the regular gruff podcast host. Um, he can't stay healthy. I do like their offensive line, but I just feel like they're going to throw the ball so much, too, with paying Kirk Cousins all that money, so... Um, I don't own him anywhere, so if he's a dud, that's fine by me. Uh, okay, let's play stutter dud again. Josh Allen, the quarterback, not the linebacker. Chev, let's start with you. Uh, I think for where you can grab him in Dynasty, I think he's going to be a stud. I think he can be a guy that can ascend into uh, a top 15 guy. Uh, I think he has a lot of potential with his uh, rushing ability and also uh, he's got Zay Jones, and he's got some other guys out there that I think can catch the ball and do big things, especially with the, his cannon that he has. So definitely interested to see how they use him this season. Um, but I think he's going to be uh, a stud 
uh, that you can count on uh, coming down to the late end of the season. Yeah, I hate to be Mr. Uh, Mr. Agreeable, but I'm, I'm with Shevin again. I absolutely think Josh Allen will be a stud this season. Now, let me preface it by saying I'm not saying he's going to be, you know, the as on fire as he was at the end of the season when he was quarterback one in the last four or five weeks of the season there. But I do think the rushing floor helps make him a much safer option than people realize. Uh, I think he is a little bit of an inaccurate quarterback, but with adding Zay Jones, well, not adding, they already had Zay Jones um, and, and Robert Foster there, two bigger receivers. Uh, Zay Jones, more of a possession guy, can go up and get it. Uh, Foster can, can fly down the field. But then they also added John Brown, which is going to help take the top off the defense a little bit. Um, I think that was a great addition specifically for Allen. I'm not saying I think John Brown has a big season necessarily, but I do think that helps Josh Allen. And so I believe that I would totally be willing to take him, especially in Dynasty, anywhere from quarterback, you know, 11, 12 through that 15, 16 range. I'm buying all day. So I'm going to agree with you guys and go stud. But um, just one word answers from each of you real quick. Uh, this, the question is this. Can he be a top five quarterback this year? Yes or no, Chev? I don't see it happening now. Uh, I'm going to have to go no as well. All right. Well, um, then I guess we're going to get a nice, nasty tweet from Ball Blast, Michelle herself, because she is predicting him to be a top five dynasty quarterback this year. Um, I'd say it is possible, but unlikely. I, I love him, but top five is going to be tough with Mahomes, uh, Luck. I think Kirk Cousins is going to put up big numbers. Russell, the love muscle out there with that new contract, he's going to definitely be slinging it around. So it's going to be tough. So uh, stutter dud for the next guy. We're going to stick with quarterbacks here for the next two. Sam Darnold. Who you want to go first here, Mike? Who went first last? I forget already. Uh, I don't remember. I, I think I did. I think I was talking about Josh Allen first. Okay. All right. All right. I'll, I'll go with Let's Donald, go with Garrett. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go dud. I've never okay. been a huge Sam Darnold guy. Even as a Cleveland Browns fan, when it was looking like we were going to draft him, uh, I, I wasn't thrilled about Darnold. He was fine to me, but there was nothing that screamed uh, elite upside. They didn't really add a ton as far as playmakers in the receiving game, uh, as far as wide receivers go, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, they, they added Jamison Crowder. He's a good player, but nothing that's going to elevate Darnold's game that much they do have Le'Veon Bell uh which he is a fantastic receiving running back for now for now and that was going to be where I went with this um I don't trust Adam Gase at this point uh it's not that I think he's a moron or an idiot but there is so much power struggle there's so much drama there's so many different things swirling around that that's a tough thing for a quarterback to be able to work through especially a young quarterback you have some special guys that can do that. You know, maybe a guy like, oh, I don't know, Baker Mayfield uh, would be able to get through uh, that type of drama. But I'm not sure that Sam Darnold is that type of guy with that type of moxie uh, to be able to, to overcome all that. And with, with how many question marks are there, I, it's a pass for me. So I don't think he's going to be a stud. Chef? Yeah, I'm going to go with a dud as well. Like Gary said, I'm, I'm going to agree with him again. But I just didn't see the – amazing potential that everybody else saw going into the draft I wasn't really excited about what he's going to be bringing I mean he's a good quarterback but it's not something that I would want to start my uh I would want him to be my quarterback of the future I don't do that's just my opinion but uh but uh like you said Gase is offense I'm not 100% sure what that's going to bring so really nervous to see how they use uh, Le'Veon Bell as well so it just all depends on how Gase feels about that offense, and it should be an interesting year for the Jets. I agree with you guys 100% on that one. Um, I worry about Adam Gase. Maybe Robbie Anderson has a resurgent year. Maybe Le'Veon Bell even plays for the Jets this year. I don't know. I guess we're just going to have to see. Uh, as much talent as he has and as much upside as he has, I just feel like maybe Jets fans will disagree getting rid of Todd Bowles when you're trying to develop a young quarterback I feel like that could backfire um so next up we'll start with another or keep it with another quarterback here we got Kirk Cousins Chev what do you think about Kirky 
I think he's going to be a stud this year. I mean, he has all the uh, talent around him to go out there and be a top top 10 quarterback for sure. I think that's a lock. But, I mean, how can you not love having Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, throw Madison in there if he gets to play a little bit. Uh, definitely excited for him this season. You got Kyle Rudolph, so uh, I still think they're going to run the ball more than we expect, but I, I'm super excited with the talent that Kirk Cousins has around him. So really look forward to him uh, throwing the ball around a little bit this season. Kirk? Yeah, Kirk Cousins, uh, I really like him a lot. I know ESPN for their redraft rankings had him at uh, the 21st overall quarterback. And so definitely the perception of him for whatever reason is is pretty low. And so if you're able to buy him as anything outside of a top 15 quarterback, I think he's pretty safely shown that year in, year out, he'll be somewhere between quarterback 8 and quarterback 14, uh, you know, just about every season. And so I am more than willing to buy, uh, especially if you can get him at that big of a discount. I probably should have had a third category in here, maybe stud, dud, or slug. Um, I think Cousins is going to have trouble this year. He plays in a really tough division. It's been shown that he has a hard time playing against teams with a winning percentage. So twice a year he's going to go against the Bears. Twice a year he's going to go against the Packers. And I don't know what their out-of-division uh, schedule looks like, but he seems to struggle against better teams. Um, so just because there's only two options, I'm going to go with Dud. And I think he's going to have a good season. But the reason I say Dud is I don't think he's going to live up to everybody else's expectations. I think he might be overvalued at times, although Garrett did mention that <clears throat> sometimes. Or at ESPN had him at 21, you said, right? Yeah, 21 for the redraft rankings. But I've seen other places that have uh, valued him higher. So I'm going to go with Dud on that one. And next up, hey, let's start this off with Garrett. This is your boy, Stud or Dud? Austin Hooper. Well, that's easy. <laughs> Stud for now and forever. <laughs> and he will probably run for president. I will vote <laughs> for him. He will probably uh, get bitten by a radioactive spider and become a superhero. Uh, basically, anything good that could happen to Austin Hooper will happen. And he is amazing, and I love him. Oh, all right. Well, now that... Uh, Fanboy over there is done. Shevin, what do you think about Austin Hooper? <laughs> He'll be starring in the next Marvel movie, whatever they come up with. So. Yeah. <laughs> Who is mediocre man? Austin Hooper. Oh, you shut your mouth. <laughs> no, but I think he's going to be a stud this season. I mean, other than the, the top three tight ends or maybe top four, uh, I think there's a lot of room for tight ends to kind of grow and kind of up their game this season. And I think Austin Hooper is going to be one of those guys that's going to benefit from having – Julio and uh, Ridley there and even Sanu a little bit is going to help him out so really excited to see him uh, go into the season and he's only 24 years old I believe so you definitely can have him for a long time in Dynasty and I mean if he blows up then it's kind of like the next George Kittle almost but we'll, we'll see how it goes. So let, let me let me clarify one thing um, I obviously wax poetic about Austin Hooper I love Austin Hooper. Yes um, we know. But it's honestly more about his ADP more than it is the player itself. Yeah. I do think he's a very talented player. I'm obviously I've, I've, I've banged the table for him, pounded the table, whatever it's called. Um, I've been all about Austin Hooper, but it's more because of the price tag attached to Austin Hooper. If you gave him, you know, Evan Ingram's price tag, well, I I'm, I'm out. I don't want Austin Hooper at that price, but right. if I'm able to buy Austin Hooper as, uh, tight end 10, a tight end 11, tight end 12. I think in a league he was the 15th or 16th tight end off the board. It's more about that and I think his upside relative to the guys that you're going to have to uh, pay a much higher price tag for. So I don't want people to be like, oh, we got to go out. He's tight end four according to get. – I'm not saying that. Yeah. I'm just saying for a tight end that you can get later in the draft, I think his upside is much higher than those guys in that area. Well, I agree, and even as a Browns fan – just based on ADP, you'd probably rather take him over a guy like Njoku, who's going to get drafted a lot higher. So I'm going to surprise everybody, and I'm going to go stud. Yeah, welcome to the year. dark side, Mike. Here's why. It's 2019, which is an odd year. So Matt Ryan seems to have bad years on odd years, which means I think he's going to be throwing it to the tight end more. Call me crazy. Uh, another year in the offense, another year with Matt Ryan. I think he gets better. 
Who knows what their team's going to do this year. He's a good safety blanket. I think he's going to do better than last year. We're going to stick with the Falcons, though. Shevin's going to tell us stutter dud, Devonta Freeman. I think stud for the value you're going to get him at. I mean, I've seen him go really deep in the draft, and, I mean, that's something that you can always benefit from, from getting a running back that has had multiple top five running back seasons. I mean, I want a guy that's done it before, even though he's had injury trouble, but if you can get him super low in your draft, I mean, that's somebody that uh, I would want to buy. He's super low right now, so I think he's going to be a stud. Like I say, he's in a good offense. Who and Just like we were talking about Hooper, who knows if Julio goes down uh, with an injury. You never know. So uh, they definitely could bump up his uh, stock. So really really, uh, really pumped to see uh, Freeman hopefully stay healthy this season and kind of tear it up. Garrett? I'm wanting to disagree with Shevin just so for the sake <laughs> of the show. But I, I agree. Like I think Devonta Freeman is going to be a stud this year. Uh I've I've picked him up in a lot of leagues. He's he's younger than people realize. I think he's only 26, 27 years old. Um, so it's not like he's pushing 30. I think like some of us uh, maybe subconsciously believe in our mind uh, because his name's been out there for a long time. And I think they're going to utilize him well. Tevin Coleman's not there anymore. Uh, there, there's a lot of good things pointing in the right direction. And, and similar to Dalvin Cook, the Falcons invested in offensive line. They drafted two offensive linemen early, early, early. I think they were the team that actually did – uh, got two guys technically in the first round. So mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm excited about what they're doing. I'm excited about his value. You can get him uh, usually around running back 20, and that's just way too low for me. I'm going to go stud two if your expectations are that of not a running back one. Um, there's obviously going to be, I think, a, a tier, maybe even two tiers of running backs that could finish ahead of him. Could finish. It's obviously possible that he finishes higher, but – uh, if expectations are tempered and you're thinking 1,200 yards, bunch of touchdowns, some decent receiving yards, I don't know. I'm not good at projections. Um, but if you slot him in as a RB2, I think he'll be fine there, and he could definitely be a proverbial stud for you. Uh, so next up, here's a, here's a tough one for Garrett. Eric Ebron. Um, are we saying – we're saying this in dynasty context, not 2019 context, correct? Um. Probably should have established that earlier, I guess, huh? That's all right. Uh, let's um. Well, here try, I'll, I'll give you try both. to factor both into it. How's that sound? I'll give you both. Um, and I probably didn't need clarification on this player specifically because I'm going to say dead for both. Um, okay. I I think everything went about as perfect as it could have gone for Eric Ebron last year. I think we saw the the injury struggles with Jack Doyle. They didn't really have a lot of other receiving options available. They've brought in Devin Funches, who's basically a tight end. Um, Jack Doyle hopefully will be able to stay healthy this year. Um, they also brought in Paris Campbell, who I don't expect him to take you know a ton of the red zone targets away, but I do expect him to be a, a, a major part of the offense. I think they're going to continue to utilize the running game a lot more like they did uh, in the toward the end of the season and in the playoffs. And he was hyper-effective on a lot of his targets. So I don't expect that to necessarily be the case again. And so I have a hard time wanting to invest in a guy that is a little bit older, has only done it one time, and the clouds kind of parted for him to be successful in order to do it. Do I think he'll be fine and usable for 2019? Yeah, I don't think he's going to be terrible. Um, but I think you're looking more along the lines of, tight end 10 tight end 12 more than tight end four or whatever he was tight end five uh this past season so i'm looking to try to sell where i can if people are buying the hype chef yeah i'm probably gonna say dud as well uh, i know me and garrett are agreeing a lot but i mean just uh just uh, everything he said just talking about age and all the uh, all the other pieces that they added also so you got mac in the backfield then you got campbell um, that's going to be coming uh, at wide receivers. So uh, I just don't see him. I know he's going to kill the red zone. He's probably going to get a lot of those touch or ca- uh, catch attempts, but I just don't see uh, him being uh, like he was last year. I think he paid off a lot with Doyle being injured. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you guys as well. I'm going to go with Dud for this year and beyond. Um, the stars aligned, I guess you could say, for Ebron in 19, or 2018. 
Everybody was hurt. Uh, Andrew Luck loves to throw to the tight end. Jack Doyle's going to come back. They bolstered their receiving core. I, I mean, they look like a much better team. They're going to pound the ball. And I just think that this one year was an anomaly, and he'll come crashing back down to earth soon. So, Shevin, uh, what do you think about Tyler Lockett, stud or dud? Ooh, man, I'm probably going to say dud. I think last year was his Ooh. probably going to be one of his better years. Um, but I know uh, they did, Baldwin did retire. So, I mean, there's going to be targets opened up, and somebody's got to be the guy for Wilson. But I just think he's not going to have as good as a year as he did last year. I mean, he did a, he had a lot of yards on just a minimal amount of catches. So, uh, it's kind of hard to do uh, in the NFL. So, I just kind of see him kind of digressing this season. But, I mean, he's a great young talent. Don't get me wrong on that. But I just don't see them possibly throwing the ball enough to – uh, get him into that stud range for me. Garrett? Tyler Lockett is one of the hardest guys to project mm-hmm. because, similar to what I said about Eric Ebron, he was hyper effective with his targets. However, and maybe this is against like my my analytical side, this is against what I would typically say. I'm going to actually say he's going to be a stud still. Ooh. I think. I think the investment in Russell Wilson, even if it's subconscious, I think will increase the passing game slightly. I still think they're going to be one of the heaviest uh, run volume teams in the NFL. But I do think that they're going to pass the ball a little bit more because his passing numbers, uh, as far as like attempts and things like that, were similar to his rookie and sophomore year. And so I think that goes back up a little bit. And so even though I do expect him to be slightly less effective – I think the loss of Doug Baldwin and them increasing the passing game will make that even out, and his numbers will still be similar. I'm going to go dud. Um, <clears throat> I just don't think that the production can keep up at the pace. The yards per reception was just way too high, and they figure you out in the NFL. So yeah, I think that was a one-time thing. I would expect him to be at I know he's hard to project. I'm just going to say like 830 yards and five touchdowns, I feel like is right around where he's going to finish this year. So uh, if you're a Seahawks fan, you're probably hoping I'm wrong, but deal with it. So uh, Garrett, here's another one to to chew on here. We're, we're talking about vacated targets. So everybody automatically assumes it's the next man up. And, you know, in Tyler Lockett's case, they're saying Doug Baldwin retired. But what about DeKalen Zacharias Metcalf? He's there, too. I'm using full names here. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to go to Pittsburgh now. James Washington, everyone's expecting him to slide right up into number two. Is it going to happen? Is he a stud or dud this year? Well, I don't know how many of you guys listen to uh, the Dynasty Nerds podcast, but I Spent a long time talking about uh, James Washington uh, on the podcast a couple weeks ago with our uh, sophomore step-ups. So let's remember a couple things here. One, Dante Moncrief has never been anything more than a jag. um, And maybe, if I'm being generous, a good Renzo target at times for Andrew Luck four seasons ago. So I'm not too worried about anything that happens there. So we can take that, that equation out of it. So now it's down to... Obviously, we know Juju's going to get his. Um, but we have to look at, one, the Pittsburgh Steelers were one of the highest passing volume offenses over the past two seasons. They were first one of the years, and they were second one of the other seasons. On top of that, you mentioned the vacated targets. I think they have, um, like, the third most uh, as far as percentage of vacated targets uh, with Antonio Brown leaving a couple other departures. So there's a lot of, lot of availability for targets there. I don't think that James Washington necessarily steps right into the Juju role and he's you know getting that type of volume that Juju got last year. But I think he's the clear-cut um, guy to step into that offense. I think Johnson's a good player, but remember, one, he was drafted around later. I know it, that doesn't mean everything, uh, but he was drafted around later, so they have a little bit more invested in James Washington. And this is James Washington's second year in the offense. And Pittsburgh isn't typically a super-duper easy offense to pick up for the receivers. It takes them a couple seasons to develop. We saw that with Mike Wallace. We saw that with Emmanuel Sanders. We saw that with Antonio Brown. We've seen that with quite a few different players. And so I think this is more of a natural progression of he would be the most likely to step into that role. He can play outside. He can play the slot. He can do a little bit of everything. 
he's a, he's definitely a, a buy for me, and so I will say he is a stud. Chev? Yeah, I'm probably going to go with stud as well. I just think he's going to get the first opportunity to be that wide receiver too, uh, rather than Moncrief and Johnson there. But I think uh, halfway through our about four games through the season, we're going to find out who the wide receiver two really is going to be. I think production is going to play a big role in that. Uh, so I think whoever, between him and Johnson, whoever can come out and kind of steal that uh, spot from each other, I think that's who we're going to see uh, move into that wide receiver two role for the rest of that season. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be a wide receiver core to watch uh, this next coming season because you can kind of get these guys cheaper than uh, rather uh, some other wide receiver twos on other teams. So it's going to be interesting to see um, who ends up taking that wide receiver two spot. So this one's kind of intriguing to me too, and I'm hoping he turns out to be a stud. I actually just traded for him, Garrett. I believe it or not, I got him from Michelle from Ball Blast. There um, you go. You would think that she, her being a Steelers fan, she would never trade him away to me, but um, hopefully she doesn't know something that, or she, yeah, that I don't. So uh, hoping that he's a stud, I think he's going to take that leap. Uh, okay, and next up, Chev, we're going to go with your former boy. I don't know if he still is or not. Kyler Murray, stud or dud? Oh, he's going to be a stud this season. I think I think they put the, the tools around him. They're going to have a new look offense this year. I know he wasn't there last year, but I think Cliff Kingsbury is just licking his chops right now, uh, ready to see what Kyler can do. You got David Johnson in the backfield who's going to be a key asset. I'm not saying he's going to go a thousand for a thousand and a thousand, but I think he's going to he's going to push for it this season. I think he's going to get back to uh, his production before he got injured with his hand. Um, but I really I'm really excited to see what Hakeem Butler can do for him as well. I think that's going to be a tandem to watch in this upcoming season. And I I believe they drafted Andy Isabella for a reason. I mean they drafted him pretty early, and I don't know Cliff Kingbury offense that great, but I'm sure they're going to have a a role for him so definitely going to be uh interesting to see um what cliff kingsbury kind of puts into the offense but i think kyler he's got a cannon you're going to get the running stats from him so it's going to be i think he's going to have a pretty big season this year garrett yep i i agree i i like kyler murray a lot i think he has a safe rushing floor the offense is ideal for fantasy production there's not a lot not to like the only the only only question mark uh with all of this is the offensive line but i think Mm -hmm. with the way that the offense is formatted i think he'll be able to to move around get outside uh i think i think he'll be okay so uh, i'm definitely thinking he's going to be a stud for uh the foreseeable future well this is a hard one and again i should have been more specific i think it's both i think he's going to be somewhat of a dud in 2019 uh, just with that offense and adjusting to the NFL with that offensive line too. Yes, I know he was accurate in college against, you know, he didn't have as many people in his face. Uh, he didn't get hit a lot in college where the guys weren't as fast chasing him. So I feel like 2019 is going to be an adjustment year. So curb your expectations. If you draft him in the first round of a startup, I hope you don't plan on winning a championship this year. I do think 2020 and moving forward from that, he is going to be a legitimate stud. So uh, I think he's going to have a down 19. And like I said, from there on out, smooth sailing. So we're going to stick with quarterbacks here uh, for the next two. We're almost done, everybody, in case you're getting bored. Garrett, Cam Newton, stud or dud? Ooh, this is the toughest one yet. Mm-hmm. I made sure you got the hard one. <laughs> you're um, welcome. Wow. So the difficult part for me is I'm not sold on Cam Newton. I've never been the biggest Newton apologist, but I love all of the pieces that they've added around him. Um, There is questions about his shoulder. Will he come back? Because he looked dreadful at the end of the season last year and um, eventually got to the point where he just couldn't even play anymore. And so I'm not sold on Cam Newton for 2019. So I'm going to say dud for 19, but I'm still a big enough believer that I think I will say stud overall. Okay. Chev, you agree? Disagree? Uh, man, this, yeah, this is definitely one of the tougher ones that you've thrown out there, but I'm going to have to agree with Garrett and say dud. Though I do love the offensive weapons they have around him, I think it's an offense that's going to want to get the ball out of his hand quicker rather than him kind of sitting in the pocket trying to find that deep ball. So... 
Uh, I can definitely see him doing big things, but I just I've been kind of nervous about that shoulder. I know he's progressing pretty well, but it's definitely a scary thing, um, especially I know they drafted a quarterback in the third round. I believe it was Will Greer. So yep. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to take over. Don't 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 think that, but uh, definitely something to watch out for if uh, Cam happens to re-injure his arm. So this, for me, it could go either way. I could flip a coin, and if it's heads, he's a stud. If it's tails, he's a dud. Uh, I mean, if they just keep feeding Christian McCaffrey and they get the ball out quick enough, he could be a stud. If they try to play like they have been his whole career, he could be a dud. So um, I'm just going to say stud for right now. I, I think that they can adjust enough to make it happen for him. So let's see, Chev. We're gonna stick with quarterbacks, like I said. Jameis Winston, stutter dud. Oh, I love Jameis for this uh, upcoming season. I think he's gonna do some pretty great things with uh, Bruce Arians in his corner. I think as long as he can keep the turnovers down, I think Arians is gonna be uh, able to trust him and kind of let him uh, throw freely. I think uh, you got Chris Godwin uh, and you got um, Mike Evans as well. I mean, Mike Evans has been a guy that's had a thousand plus yards every season that he's been in the league. He's an elite guy in the red zone that you can almost count on every season. I know the touchdowns don't always say that, but I, I would always love to trust uh, Mike Evans in the red zone. Um, but he, I mean, running back situations not ideal, but I think um, at some point they're going to find some guy that's going to be able to at least uh, carry the load at some point this season, whether it be uh, through a trade or whether it be through the oh, waivers or uh, something like that. So even if it's next season. But I, I love Jameis for this next upcoming season. I'm super excited. I'm a big Godwin believer. I don't have enough shares of him in my leagues, but I'm really, uh, really stoked to see what Arians is going to be able to do with Jameis Winston. Garrett? Yeah, I'm all in on Jameis Winston. I uh, have acquired him quite a few leagues, uh, even at times in one quarterback leagues. I've, I believe in him enough for him to be my starter. Usually I get another backup in the in a similar range. So, uh, you know, a Jimmy Garoppolo or a, a Kirk Cousins or, you know, some, one of those guys. But I do really like Jameis Winston a lot. Bruce Arians is going to be great for Jameis Winston. He's the type of coach that will fit the way Jameis Winston likes to play. So I'm all about it. I would agree with you guys on Jameis. He's definitely going to ball out this year. I mean, with all the receiving options they have and their lack of options in the running game, they're going to throw a lot. So look for him to get huge numbers. Uh, okay, we have I have two more here. I don't know if you guys have any then. We're going to go to Garrett. You know what? I'm going to switch it up. Garrett, Hunter Henry, stutter dud. I know where you're going because we've, we've touched on this player before. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm still saying stud. I think the upside is absolutely there. I believe that Philip Rivers is going to target him a bunch. I, I, I mean, really, the only thing that you can say definitively negative about this guy is he's he's had a hard time staying healthy, and so I would definitely want to make sure I had an adequate backup. But there's few players that you could say yes. I can see a real scenario where this guy is jumps into that top three tight end echelon. And I think he's one of those guys that could do it. I'm not saying he will, but I think he has enough talent, ability, and situation altogether to be able to jump into that top three. Chef? Oh, I love Hunter Henry for this next upcoming season. Uh, they got a bunch of talent around there and uh, at the Chargers, so uh, I think he's going to be in a good spot. You got Keenan Allen there, Mike Williams, uh, Melvin Gordon, I think um, – Henry's going to fall through the cracks sometimes in the, in the defenses, and, I mean, he's going to make some big plays this season. Uh, he's one of the guys I've always loved in fantasy, even though he's he's had that injury-prone uh, st- stigma around him. But I really, really, really love uh, Hunter Henry going into the season. So I'm going to go Dud. I think um, his soft tissue is so soft that it should be sold by Dunder Mifflin. I don't believe in him. Um, you like the office reference there? That was a good one. <laughs> wait, wait. He just, you're you're going to have to. Wait, his soft tissue is so soft that. So. It's it's paper thin. It's paper. Paper thin. Got it. Okay. Yeah. He's, it's good, right? Uh, I mean, I love The Office, so I appreciate that aspect of it. But I, I do too. It's that, the best that was a, it was a harder one to follow. All right. Then. <laughs> move it. <laughs> 
<laughs> more office references next week, everybody. Okay. Uh, office, I, Parks I, and Rec, I, I'm all about it. All right, good, good stuff. Uh, I don't believe in him. I don't know. I'm just not a Hunter Henry guy. Just going gut instinct here, and I'm going dud. So last one, Chevin's going to close us out, unless you guys have any more. Kenyon Drake, stutter dud. Oh, this is going to be a good one. Um, he's one of the guys that's kind of up in the air for me right now because I don't believe he got the best chance with Adam Gase there. Uh, but I also do like that backfield. So you got Drake and he got Balaj. So I think uh, that's a backfield that can kind of complement each other. So it could be a running back by committee. Uh, but I do love Drake. Uh, he, I'm pretty sure he finished a lot better than I think he's going to – or that he finished last season. I believe he was like top 15 if I'm not mistaken, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Uh, but I love his potential. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's um, he's just a great player that can kind of get the job done without people noticing. So I'm gonna say he's gonna be a stud this season. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree. I like Drake a lot. I think the talents there, uh, the receiving chops, especially you know almost everyone plays in some sort of PPR, whether it's full or half point. And so I think he's going to be a stud in that aspect as well. I don't love their offense as a whole, and so there's definitely going to be opportunity for dump-off passes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm buying up Drake, uh, and, he, and he's young. He's not an old running back, and with how much he hasn't gotten used and, he's being, and from being out from Alabama, he doesn't have a ton of tread on those tires, and so I think he's still pretty fresh. So this is another one that I think could go either way. Um, I'm going to say stud just because I'm hoping the new coaching staff comes in and realizes his talent. But couldn't you guys easily see it going dud too? You know, we're having that New For England sure it's close. the, the yeah. New England kind of scheme coming in where they like to spread the ball around and get a bunch of different uh, guys involved in the receiving game and as um, you know, and the receivers out of the backfield and all that. So I think it could really go either way, but I'm going to say stud. I, I think talent usually wins out, so we're going to go with that. Um, so that wraps up Stutter Dud for this week. I have uh, one that talk. I have one that oh, I'm kind of curious here. on. So what we do you guys are not wrapped up? <laughs> Sorry, guys. Okay, no, go ahead, go ahead, Jeff. So one that I'm kind of curious about with you guys. What do you guys think about D.D. Westbrook this season? I know he's kind of had his up and down games, and he's kind of had his injuries as well, but. I'm kind of intrigued by D.D. Westbrook, and I was wondering what you guys kind of thought, if he's a stud or a dud. Um, I'm going to say stud because he has to be. Yeah. Um, if Foles locks into him as a number one wide receiver, he's definitely going to produce. We saw how Foles was with Alshon um, last year and the year before. Uh, I think they looked pretty good in the playoff game against the Bears, didn't they, Chef? What? I, don't, I didn't hear what you said. <laughs> um, so I, I like uh, – I like Foles to the wide receiver. Um, D.D. Westbrook has definitely got a lot of speed. He's versatile. So he could be a stud for sure. I'm going to – I'm actually going to say dud. Not because I think D.D. is a bad player, but right now I'm not going to buy any of the Jacksonville receivers as a stud until I see a little bit more. You could tell me that Didi's the number one. You could tell me that Cole's the number one. You could tell me that um, Chris Conley's the number one. You could tell me. I mean, they have like four or five guys there that could end up being the number one. So am I willing to buy Didi Westbrook? Sure. I'm willing to buy any and all Jacksonville Jaguars as long as I can get them pretty cheap. And it's a shot in the dark as to who could be the guy. But for me to be able to put my neck out there and say he'll be a stud this year is a little tough for me to do. Mm-hmm. All right. What do you What do you think about that, Chef? Yeah, I think uh, it's kind of I want to see a, somebody do it in Jacksonville before I actually call them a stud because, like Garrett said, there's so many different pieces around there. Uh, you got Chark that's out there as well. So, I mean, there's a bunch of guys that have kind of shown that they can uh, possibly take that jump, uh, but somebody just hasn't taken over that uh wide receiver one role in Jacksonville yet so that's definitely one that is going to be uh, very curious to me to see who pans out in that offense okay uh Garrett do you have anyone else to add nope I'm good okay uh, so we're going to move on from stutter dud and we're going to just talk trades a little bit uh, now's the time of the year the draft is over so there's still a lot of rookie content out there but you're not kind of getting 
pummeled with it as much. Now, uh, OTAs are starting, and aside from startups and rookie drafts, trades seem to be the common thing that are going around right now. I'm sure you guys have been doing some trading in your leagues, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, personally, I'm not the biggest trader. I always feel like I can't put a deal together to save my life. Now, oddly enough, I can help anybody else out with a trade, but when it comes to me making a trade, I always need somebody to kind of help me out and I can't explain it for whatever reason um, one thing I want to say about trades is I noticed that people are very persistent when they want something and they try to use guilt tactics like um, I have Mike Williams I love Mike Williams I want to keep him on my roster I'm trying to buy him wherever I can so you have people hounding you for weeks I want Mike Williams I want Mike Williams and then when you find say look dude I'm not trading you Mike Williams you get well he sucks anyway this guy I'm offering is better well, if that guy that you have is better, why don't you keep him? Why do you need my guy? So what do you guys think about trading? Should there be some sort of trade etiquette that gets taught to dynasty players? Because that seems to be an issue. Shevin, what do you think about trade etiquette? I don't know. Uh, Shevin and I are in our first league together this year, so it's it's still very new. So mm -hmm. I don't know how he plays yet, but what are your ideas on trading? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, for me, uh, I think you always need to have a, a guy in your corner that you can kind of talk to about trades if they're not in the league. So I know uh, I, go, I go to Garrett and I go to you too, Mike, uh, every once in a while if I have a trade that I'm kind of uh, working on. So it's definitely good to get a different perspective from uh, diff uh, different uh, people you actually trust. So I think that's one thing that you can kind of look uh, at doing. Uh, but just uh, by yourself-wise, I think just building a relationship with your league mates is uh, one of the biggest things for me. Because, I mean, I know I have guys in our leagues that I'm kind of like, uh, I don't really want to make a trade with him. He's kind of a jerk sometimes. But mm -hmm. I find myself making more trades with people that are wanting to not always win the trade, but to kind of find a way to make both teams better, uh, as weird as that kind of sounds. But I'm always looking for a guy that isn't always going to be a jerk and who kind of wants to um, help you and kind of help his team out as well. Because, I mean, if you're stacked at running backs and a guy stacked at wide receiver, you can always find a way to make a trade with uh, those two happen uh, just by kind of feeling each other out. So for me, it's just kind of just not being a jerk and kind of being open to what other people's opinions are rather than kind of just blowing them off after the first uh, first trade offer. So that's one of the big things for me. So Garrett, Chevin touched on something really great here, and I wish more people thought like him. Uh, it's not, oh, you don't have to win every trade, but you don't want to rob a team blind. You know, I look at other teams and I'm like, I could really use a running back. So uh, maybe I could get Devonta Freeman from him. You know, and there's a lot of times I said, if I did that, he would be really bare on his team. Garrett, do you do things like this too? I mean, are you courteous when you trade with people? Yeah, actually, uh, Dystronomus, or I hope I'm pronouncing that correct. Yeah, I think it's Dynastradamus, but his name is Tyler. Everybody. Tyler, yeah. He wrote a yeah, great we'll article actually on trading and some of the different tactics, but also some of the etiquette with uh, with that. But he uh, he's on, on uh, the Dynasty Nerd staff. Great dude. Great follow if you don't follow him. But, um, yeah, I, I think there's a few different things that you need to consider when you're making a deal. One – if you have, if you know the guy that you're you're trading with, so some leagues you're in, it's with a bunch of buddies, it's with a bunch of friends, uh, guys you've known for a long time, whatever, guys or girls that you've known for a long time. Uh, the etiquette with trading is a little bit different. But if if you're in a league where you don't really know the guy super well, uh, the people that you're making deals with, it's uh, you don't have as much of a, a background and relationship with them how you're going to make your deals is going to be a little bit different. So I love to strike up conversation when I'm making trades. I don't like to do a bunch of cold offers because I never get an opportunity to kind of feel out what people are thinking. You know, I might send four cold offers in a row for Melvin Gordon and they might say, I hate Melvin Gordon. Why do you keep freaking sending me Melvin Gordon? I don't want Melvin Gordon. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas if you talk to them, they'll find out, oh, they, you know, they don't like Melvin Gordon but they're super duper high on uh, Joe Mixon. And so maybe we can talk about, you know, something like that. And those are just a couple names uh, of guys that, you know, to, to help facilitate what I'm the point I'm trying to make. But I like to make sure that I try to strike up, strike up a conversation, especially 
if I don't know the person very well because I think you have a much better chance at getting something done if you feel like you've built up even the slightest bit of rapport as opposed mm-hmm. to just a, a person that I know nothing about that just keeps sending me these cold offers that I don't like. So one last thing I'd like to talk about trading is um, I don't know about you guys, but when I trade, I try to keep it I try to keep it slim. And by that, I mean, I try not to have too many moving pieces because when let's say you have somebody, a friend of yours in a league texts you something out. It's like, all right, look, you have I'll just I have Alvin Kamara. Let's say this guy wants Kamara. I'll give you the one three, the one seven, uh, 2021st, this guy, that guy, blah, blah, blah. Joey bag of donuts and uh, I'm going to give you 20 bucks cash and you're going to give me Camara a uh, fourth round pick this and that and then all of a sudden you know you're, you have to scroll through the text to look at everything generally when I see too much where I have to like write everything down I'm not interested I'm just going to decline because if I can't process it right away I feel like I'm getting screwed over what do you what do you guys think about that yeah, it, de- it definitely does get a little tricky uh, when you try to add a lot of pieces to the trade because you're trying to figure out, because, I mean, it could be 2020 picks, it could be 2019 picks, so you're kind of trying to figure out where is this team actually going to land next season? Am I going to make his team better to where this pick's going to be later and all that good stuff? So it's definitely it's definitely um, tough to decipher if you're adding a bunch of pieces into a trade. Um, but that's the challenge of fantasy football. You're trying to be the best GM, so you're trying to find the best ways to improve your team. Garrett, you agree with that? Yeah, I do overall. I try not to make the trade too complicated. However, there have been a couple situations uh, that I get super-duper nerdy, and I like to try <laughs> to facilitate these like ridiculous like four-team <laughs> trades and five-team trades. So those ones can get a little complex. Uh, but overall, I do agree. It's usually a, you know, n- no more than three players or pieces max on either side. Yeah, I think that's the way to go. Keep it simple. Um, don't try to screw anybody else over because, you know, I understand that you want to win, but you want it to be competitive because if you like the people in your league, you want them to stay in the league. You want to have a competitive league year in and year out. I think the shelf life of a dynasty league is is it two to three or three to four years do you guys know so, it's something around there yeah it's it's yeah. it's sad how long it's not yeah it, i mean it, it's crazy if you think about it but i think egos uh get hurt and people just give up because it's too much and they just go sure. back to playing redraft or draft kings um before I, we move on oh, i sorry, will say Garrett. one last thing um you guys talked about winning the trade there have been times where Somebody will offer me a deal, and I already know that I'm losing this deal. However, it's a piece that means almost nothing to me. It might even be somebody I'd be willing to cut at some point soon. Mm-hmm. I'm usually willing to lose those trades intentionally to build up good rapport with some of the other owners because ultimately it's going to have no effect on my team. Like I'll give an example. Last year I played a league with super, super, super uh, small small roster spots. So it's it's the league that I've been in forever. Um, it's a dynasty league, but we only have 16 spots total. Um, mm. So that means you only have like eight bench spots. So at the start of yep. the season, um, somebody really wanted Kenny Galladay. And I didn't. I, I had a really good team. I was stacked. I wasn't even sure if I was going to be able to keep him or not. And so uh, he really, really wanted Kenny Galladay before he broke out. And I was like, ah, I think Kenny Galladay is going to be really good. But he offered me Sterling Shepard and something else small. And I was like, you know what? Sure. Uh, I'm not even sure if this guy's going to be on my roster. And now looking back, I would love to have Kenny Galladay uh, on that team. <laughs> yeah. uh, but but it really made no difference to my team specifically that year um, because it, at least at the start of the season, I was going for all for, for it all. So it, it's just one of those things that sometimes it's almost a good thing to be willing to lose a small deal because now that guy is willing to talk to you about a much more significant deal that will make a much bigger impact for your team. Yes, yeah. That's the thing Sometimes. that oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. that's no, the thing good. that I kind of look for. Uh, so I, if you have a like, I have a seventeen man roster, one that I know I'm not gonna be able to keep everybody once we do the draft. So 
those guys that I'm probably going to get rid of and use my draft picks on, I'm probably just going to try to find a trade where I can get a maybe a third-round draft pick rather than just dropping them and not getting nothing for them. So that's one thing I really look uh, look at trying to do in my leagues, kind of finding finding value in, in uh, pieces that I'm probably not even going to ever use. Yeah, something is better than nothing when it comes to getting rid of guys that you're probably going to drop anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys have anything else to add to trades before we move on? Nope. Nope, I think I covered Uh, it. Perfect. Uh, So next up, we're going to go to our Dynasty Rewind portion of the show. Chev, do you have any rewind facts for us today? I did not have a rewind fact for today. I wish I would have looked up for something for Star, but I didn't get the time to. Yeah, I mean, there was a bunch of stats I threw out there earlier, so I guess that kind of covered it there. Um, Garrett, did you have anything for us? I did not. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, I actually didn't have any facts. I just wanted to talk about Memorial Day uh, this week and just remembering all our fallen soldiers who sacrificed for this great country so that uh, the three of us can get together on Friday nights or Sunday evenings to do this. Uh, you know, We love talking to each other. We love you that listen. So thank you to everybody that sacrificed for us. We do all really appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, before yep. we get ready to head out, does anybody else have anything else to add? I don't think so. I think Garrett has something for us, right? You want me to do the the verse now? Absolutely. All right. So for our daily, daily, can't even get our own name right. This is ridiculous. (laughs) For our Dynasty Rewind uh, verse of the week, uh, we are going to be in Jeremiah chapter 32. uh, And this is verse 27. It says, Behold, I'm the Lord God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me read it one more time behold i am the lord god of all flesh is there anything too hard for me and i know for me as a as a christian i know this to be true in my head uh but but i i don't always live my life like i believe it and so if we really believe um that there is a god and we believe that there's nothing that is too difficult for him would we live our lives in a way that that show that or do we live our lives in fear that our God is not big enough to handle and take care of the things that we deal with in our lives. Garrett, I thank you very much for that. And uh, before we close out for the week, uh, Laird would like to say something, the guy that made our awesome music. So here he is right now. You, staring at your company's old website again with that same bland logo your cousin's buddy made for you years ago. You read that study online about how your digital presence is more important than ever, but you just have no idea where to start. That's where we come in. Laird Creative is a full-service branding and creative agency that will turn your blank into a recognized brand. From video and audio production to graphic design, Laird Creative has every tool you need to build your brand from the ground up. Visit LairdCRTV.com. That's LairdCRTV.com to get started today. Laird Creative. Step your brand up. All right, there you go, LairdCRTV.com. You could tell him the Dynasty Rewind sent you. And when he says who, just tell them Garrett Price. He'll probably know who he is better than our podcast itself. Um, but before we go, I just want to say again, thank you to all of our fallen soldiers of sacrifice. Thank you to everyone that served. Thank you to Garrett and Shevit for joining me. I'm sorry, did I say Shevit? I mean Shevin for <laughs> joining me on this Sunday evening. Um, actually, you know what? I think we skipped listener questions. My bad. My handwriting is so terrible. Uh, before we go, just really, really quick. Super fan of the show, Tyler, wanted to know, does Jimmy Graham hold any trade value? Is he going to do anything this year? Um, no, I don't see him doing anything. What about you guys? Ditto. Yeah, same for me. Nothing, nothing too excited to be going on there. Wait, wait till you know. Wait, wait till week one or week two to trade him. If if you have enough room on your roster to hold him, wait till week one, week two. Uh, and if he gets a gets a touchdown in one of those weeks and puts up a good week, trade him asap and in a hurry. Uh, if not, then just cut him. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, the only other question we got this week was from Dynasty RX. And he wants to know which wide receiver running back tight end is poised for a Tyler Boyd-esque third-year breakout. Uh, my guy, Mike Williams. Yeah, he absolutely could. Uh, somebody that would be more under the radar, kind of like, like Boyd was a, a, cute, a few years back. Uh, I even was tweeting about him a little bit this, this week. Uh, Zay Jones is a guy that has the draft pedigree. He was a second-round pick. 
there have been times that he looked like he has the ability to be a wide receiver one, just hasn't quite put it all together this year, uh, just yet, but he could absolutely break out and have tons of volume in this offense. Yeah, those are two guys that I really love too, Zay Jones and Mike Williams. Uh, Mike Williams is going to get a chance to be the wide receiver two there, and uh, there's a lot of targets to go around. So super, super pumped for Mike Williams. Uh, he's going to be a big target in the red zone too. Keenan Allen doesn't get uh, that many targets there, so Mike Williams could eat up a lot of targets with Hunter Henry. So uh, look for Mike Williams to have a big, uh, big, big year this year. All right, so we're all in the Mike Williams bandwagon. So sorry for getting us out of order there, guys. I got to work on my penmanship. So um, until next week, I want to say thank you guys for hanging out with me. And remember, be kind, please rewind.